Hi, thanks for tuning in. I'm Jess Gandy, and you're listening to the RLT. In this episode, we chat with Andrew Moser about key learnings from his career journey and also about some great advice for giving and receiving feedback. So on behalf of the recruiting programs team, we hope you enjoy. Welcome everyone to another episode of the RLT. Today we have someone here who has been on quite the career journey themselves at Zillow and recently made some changes. Can you introduce yourself? Of course. Hey everybody, Andrew Moser. I'm actually coming up on my four-year anniversary this May, which is nuts because I was recently looking at Zollwall and it said that I've been here longer than 76% of the company, which is absolutely mind-boggling. And I've recently had the pleasure of joining the learning and development team as the manager of career development and employee effectiveness. That's wonderful. Well, congrats on the change. Thank you. I'm excited. I just pulled up my wall and it says that I've been here longer than 82.1% of people. It's a lot. I knew you'd been here before me, Jess. So I was interested to hear if you'd crept into the 80s. Yeah, I remember when it hit 50-50 and that was an exciting moment. So much growth in this company that every time I look at this little pie chart, it's just getting bigger and bigger. It's insane. Mm -hmm. I think you're officially an old timer. (laughs) A millennial old timer. (laughs) Okay, so just to jump in and, you know, shake off the workday meeting seriousness. Let's do some rapid fire questions. I'm going to ask you these and just try not to think, just answer as quickly as you can. And we'll see what you say. I'm ready. (laughs) Okay, great. All right. What's your middle name? Hunter. Would you rather have a time machine or teleporter? Teleporter. Favorite childhood TV show? Ooh, David and the Gnome. Oh, I don't know that one. Very good. It's very good. (laughs) All right. Are you a morning person or night person? Early bird, morning. Oh, lucky. How many hours of sleep do you need? About seven. Okay. Average. Would you rather always have a mullet or a ponytail? Ponytail. Do you prefer texting or talking? Uh, Talking. That's old school. Okay. Biggest pet peeve? Uh, Littering. Drives me absolutely bonkers. (laughs) That's a good one. Have you ever worn socks with sandals? Definitely. I've played a lot of basketball in my day. And so for folks that are familiar with basketball circles, the slides with sandals are a really popular basketball and soccer look. You got the like Adidas black and white striped ones? You got it. Daddy <laughs> slides. <laughs> I mean, it's either sports or the Pacific Northwest. The two reasons to wear socks with sandals. Exactly. Yeah. So respect to the, the slides and socks wearers out there. Yeah. As long as they're not Tevas, I feel like we're good. Yeah, that, that might be pushing it. What is the most boring thing ever? Ooh, that's a good one. You know, I'll have to go with the old uh, washing paint dry. <laughs> have you ever done that? Uh, sadly, I have. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, is it ready for the uh, second coat? Nope, still wet. <laughs> okay, all right. What's something you could eat for a week straight? Pizza. A place that you want to travel. 
You know, I've really gotten travel lust during these quarantine days. And uh, quickly, the Scandinavian countries have jumped to the top of my list once we're able to safely travel again. And so I'd, I'd love to visit you know, Norway, Sweden, Finland here in the, the near future. Yeah, I feel like there's going to be a huge surge in traveling once everyone's vaccinated for all the trips that were canceled and and all the desire to move around. Yep, all those airline points that people have now gotten refunded. So yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed that that's somewhere in our near future. Yeah. Okay, tough one. What does a person need to be happy? Love. Huh, cute. Tell me what you like to do on weekends, but in an Elmo voice. (laughs) (laughs) Playing basketball. I feel like that was almost like Schmeagol or something. That was amazing. (laughs) All right. Yeah, Lower the Rings, Elmo. (laughs) And that concludes our rapid fire question. (laughs) I hope I passed. (laughs) I think you did. It was good. It was a good one. At least a C (laughs) minus. Only for that Elmo voice, though. Okay, so you told us that you work on the L&D team now. Tell us a little bit more about what that means and what your team does for ZG. Yeah, so hot off the press, I've transitioned over to the L&D team and I'm now leading the career developments and employee effectiveness functions. Just to break that down a little bit, fancy words, but what are they? Employee effectiveness is really what our performance management and talent management processes look like. So you can think about that in terms of components of our annual review process, the evaluation of feedback, check-ins, and then talent management is really, how are we being proactive with our employees and their career development, whether it's through succession planning or moving into new roles and being intentional with that. And then on the career development side, that's really our philosophy about career development. And so many may be familiar with the career development owner's manual. So what does that mean? And then specific programs related to career development, like our career pathways program, where we've created intentional carved out pathways for folks to move into different business units and roles throughout Zillow Group. Very cool. That is a lot to take on. It's a big undertaking, but I am fortunate to have a really strong team surrounding me of holistic talent management, which incorporates these two verticals, career development and employee effectiveness, but also leadership development. And so it's really taking shape nicely. And I'm excited about the work that we're going to go do in 2021 and beyond. Ooh, that is fun. So when you started at Zillow... What was your role back in May of 2017 and and how has that evolved since then? Yeah, so I've been fortunate to have a lot of different experiences within the Zillow People Org since I started. I was originally hired on by Nance Myers and I was the HRVP supporting many of our shared services functions. So finance, accounting, our admin community, legal marketing, and really, really enjoyed building those relationships throughout the business. I then had an opportunity to move more into a dedicated program manager role still within the HRVP team but was a great way for me to really expand my skill set into program and project management. And then 
Last year, I had an opportunity to move over into the recruiting team and manage our internal mobility and referrals programs. And then fast forward to today, transitioning to L&D. So, you know, I've almost created this rotational experience for myself, which I believe has really made me a stronger HR professional by having all of these additional experiences to round out my skill set. And maybe most importantly, creating empathy and relationships with our different centers of excellence all under the people org. Yeah. When I was in the uh, admin world, I remember you being our HRBP. It was great to have your support there. So I love to see that you've shown that empathy in other places and applied it in other ways. It's been a really fun journey and I've been really grateful for the opportunities that I've been afforded. So that is a lot of progress in different directions. What steps did you take along the way to set yourself up to be able to apply for these kind of pivots and roles? First things first is I, I wanted to be really intentional about my career development and I wanted to really kind of set my own chart for that. And so one of the things that I reflected on is that I had spent quite a bit of my career in an HR business partner capacity. And, you know, ultimately my long-term goal for myself is to be in Dan's seat, maybe not usurp Dan, but I would love to be a chief people officer. And one of the things that I really felt I was missing was experiences in the different centers of excellences within our people org. And so I wanted to be intentional about getting these different experiences under my belt so I could better understand what the functions did, how they contribute, and how I could best support them. And so by becoming a program manager within the HRBP team, it allowed me to work with folks that I had already built relationships with in addition to building these PM skill sets that would be needed for me as I move into future roles. And one of the things that was really impactful for me was developing the HRVP onboarding platform for all new HRVPs that enter the company, you know, that they still use and have evolved on today. You know, that was really kind of a partnership between myself and Christy Porter at the time talking about what was needed on the team and how I could help play that role. So you took on these other opportunities. How did you find those? Like, did you just, you just wanted to do more than what you were doing in your current role so that you could grow? Yeah, I I think of them as stretch assignments. And so a lot of times before something becomes official, officially moving into a new role, whether that's through developing, being promoted, or maybe going through the internal mobility process, Many people get experienced by taking on stretch assignments in their current role. And so, you know, that was something that I did as an HRVP. I worked with Nance and I worked with Christy to one, raise my hand and vocalize that I wanted to take on more. I wanted to continue to grow in my role and, you know, asking them, what are areas of development within the HRVP function that I could help contribute to? And that was really empowering. One for me, localizing and letting them know that I wanted to do more. But for them, it gave them line of sight into things that they had on their docket that I could help support or they could potentially offload to me. So you found those opportunities by chatting with your manager and finding out what they had available within the team? Yes, I think that's critical is the the conversation with the manager. It might 
require a little bit of patience to fully vet out, but the key is the dialogue. Those should be things that are reoccurring in your weekly or biweekly one-on-ones as an agenda item. Do managers ever say, no, you can't have a stretch assignment? I think that they could. You know, one of the things that, that may be advantageous from a conversation like that is asking for a stretch assignment and your manager giving you feedback to say, I'd like to see you continue to up-level your performance in areas X, Y, and Z before we start talking about a stretch assignment. And so, although maybe, you know, that might not have been the answer that you're looking for, at least you have transparency on the areas that you really need to up-level and shore up before you can start looking at taking on new things to really build on your skill sets. So other than these stretch assignments, what do you think of mentorship? Is that an important part of your career development? Yeah, you know, I, I personally am a big proponent of mentorship. And during my HR career, I actually participated in a formal mentorship program through an HR association here in the Seattle area. A mentor, whether that's someone that is internal here at Zillow or external, can be a great resource to provide perspective and to provide counsel and provide guidance, especially on what career development looks like. One of the things that we have the benefit of as Zillow employees is our tribute mentorship app, where individuals are willing and able to engage into mentorship relationships. And so if that is something that you feel like could be a benefit of you and your career development journey, I really encourage folks to hop on to Tribute and explore that platform and see if you could create some relationship there from a mentorship capacity. Yeah, I've seen that app. It's a really cool interface with different options on ways to interact or be a mentor or be a mentee. Very cool. Absolutely. Yeah, we we piloted it in 2020 with our affinity networks and are planning on rolling that out to Zoll in terms of how our career development philosophy continues to evolve and, and take shape uh, as we grow and evolve as a company. And since you mentioned affinity networks, I feel like I would be remiss to not mention the career development that comes from taking on a leadership position in the affinity networks. When I became president a couple of years ago of ADAPT, I always say that I took on a team of 13 people and became a leader of leaders instantly. And the growth that I experienced in working through people's emotions and getting people motivated and different things like that was monumental, I think, for my career development. At the Finney Networks truly have a special place in my heart. And I think that whether you are operating in a leadership capacity or as an active member, it really meshes nicely with our notion of great careers are built by a really healthy combination of resources, connections, and experiences. And one of the great things about Affinity Networks is they really hit on all three of those components. And there are different areas in which that you can get involved within Affinity Networks. During my time with the internal mobility team, one of the things that we really saw is hiring managers really taking note of that affinity network experience and taking that into consideration with hiring decisions. 
Oh, that's great. I mean, I really think it shows your investment in the people of ZG and your commitment to really improving Zillow as a company from the inside out. Absolutely. So I want to circle back to something that I noticed in your career development story. You obviously made some big changes as you've moved through Zillow. What was that like to jump from that HRBP PM role to leading a recruiting team? Did you have previous recruiting experience? I guess I technically did. I started my career as a recruiter for a ski resort in Colorado, but I'm pretty far removed from that. So, you know, if I'm being honest here, Jess, to me, it was a really big jump. And this was also the first time in my career where I was managing uh, a team and a distributed team at that. In the past, I'd had one or two people report to me, but over the course of 2020, I had upwards of seven direct reports. And that can feel a little bit daunting, especially for a first-time manager. And so some of the things that I was really thinking about was a bit of imposter syndrome. I really was cognizant of, hey, this is a group of savvy, experienced recruiters, and they're going to think, who's this HR guy? And is he some secret agent that's being embedded into this team? And what is he going to provide to us that's going to help us in our career development and as moving forward the mobility program. So it it was a big jump for me. How did you work through that imposter syndrome? I I know that can be debilitating for some people. Yeah, I think, you know, a couple of things that were, were just tangible things that we did was when we did a new leader assimilation session, which to me, I found extremely helpful. It allowed the employees that were reporting to me to just learn about me as a person. So separate the HRBP, separate the HR, Andrew, and just get to know me as a person and and see me as a human. And then secondly, allowed the group to ask questions of me. And I actually left the room at this time and Megan Varner collected these questions anonymously. And then when I re-entered the room, I was just able to go through these questions and then just answer them. Those were doubts. Those were things that people were excited for. And I found that really, really helpful for me to just understand what I was walking into and be educated about it. And, you know, I think the biggest thing for me was I really tried to live the show you care leadership principle and build relationships with these individuals on my team so that they knew at the end of the day that I cared about them as a, as a person. And I think if you have that, then it makes a lot of the other aspects of leading the team or joining a new function a lot easier. Wow, that is a really cool experience. I've never heard of a team doing that. I love that. I know changing roles isn't always the easiest. I mean, you showed some vulnerability there with your experiences and struggles. And I personally, I guess I could say... In my role as an admin previous to this, I feel like I excelled in it and expected to do the same in moving to a PM role last year. And as some people know, I was doing my MBA, so going to school full-time and work full-time. And then we went into lockdown and everything went online. And it was a, a really tough year personally and 
and ended up being a tough year professionally. And I actually got some pretty negative feedback throughout the year. A lot of things that I needed to do differently and be more proactive about and communicate better about. And it was so different from the life of an admin where you really don't want to burden your manager with anything. And I had to really learn to adjust to communicate with my manager and and keep them a little more in the loop than I was used to. And that led to, I wouldn't say a negative annual review, but my scores were really low for the first time. And that was, that was tough. It, you know, I made changes I needed to make towards the end of the year, but it's really hard to sit with knowing that I could have done things differently last year, that I I could have been better as an employee. Yeah. Well, first off, thanks for sharing Jess. And I think um, that takes a lot of courage uh, to speak about that and to take a step back and to look at your annual review so objectively in my experience it can be difficult to separate the sting of a rating or a piece of constructive feedback because it sometimes we can take it personally, but I think what I've found is the individuals that have grown the most and are highly successful are the ones that are doing what you're doing. And that's being able to take even an ounce, a shroud of ownership in their performance and apply those learnings as they move forward and to not dwell too much in the past because that's what annual review is. It's a cumulative look back on your past performance. It's not an indication of who you are as a person or what your performance is going to look like going forward. So yeah, I'm appreciative of you sharing that. And I I think that's a really good lesson for folks to, to think about because it's a moment in time in your career. It's not necessarily a reflection on your total performance. Well, thank you for saying that. It definitely is feeling fresh. We're just coming off annual review. But I also think what that must have been like for my manager, who is a newer manager and had to manage me through all of the obstacles of last year and giving that feedback what is it like as a manager to have to deliver feedback? Well, you know, to be honest, it's, it can be really tough. And I think, you know, to go back to something I mentioned earlier, I really believe that the conversation is the relationship. And if you don't have a relationship with the individual that you're trying to give feedback to, it makes that even trickier. You don't want the constructive feedback to potentially damage the relationship that you have with that individual. But on the same token, it's your responsibility as a manager to call out blind spots and be honest and frank with people about areas that they need to up level, either in their performance or you know how they're living out our core values in their work. And I think the best managers are the ones that do that timely. They do it honestly, but they also do it with compassion. And feedback goes both ways. Constructive feedback can be difficult to deliver, but ultimately if done well and the conversation continues can 
lead to a, a really fulfilling and happy ending in terms of the development and the progression made. And then, of course, one of the best parts of being a manager is being able to recognize folks with really positive feedback to commemorate their contributions to the team and the company. And so that is such a special feeling to have as a manager to really understand how do people like to receive feedback and what's the most effective venue or avenue to provide the feedback, whether that's piece of karma, recognizing them in a team meeting, or maybe just letting them know in a one-on-one how big of impact that their work made. Yeah, I think that my manager, although we had constructive moments in that annual review, I think she did a really great job of also recognizing accomplishments from last year. It's hard to not just lose yourself in that constructive feedback. How do you help people constructively receive feedback? Uh, This one is tough, Jess. And this one really speaks to me because I'm the type of person that Yeah, I can receive 80% positive and 20% constructive, but the only thing I'm thinking about is that 20% constructive. You know, the best thing that I can say to this is really to embrace that dialogue with your manager because it's a continuation, especially as it relates to annual review. It's not just a moment in time, it extends on. And if you have a new manager now, like myself, it's important that you bring them into the conversation about the things that you do really well and maybe hit on that time and time and time again. But you know, what are also the things that you're continuing to develop on and want their support on? And maybe most importantly, you want them to call it out when they see it in action so you don't have blinders. Yeah, it sounds like you're describing a little bit of what we talk a lot about at Zillow with this growth mindset. Do you see that mindset as important no matter what direction your annual review goes? For sure. I think about growth mindset in both camps of, hey, you just went through annual review with flying colors and and maybe even received a promotion or Maybe it was a more constructive annual review and there's a few things on your docket that you really need to up-level. The common thread there is the journey isn't over. Whether you did really well and you up-leveled, you're at a new job level and the stakes are higher and the performance bar has been raised. And if it's been more on the constructive side, what are those areas that you can really take to help motivate you and polish up that performance? So the tenor of the conversation at next year's annual review is very different. Yeah. I can see how that's important in either direction. So speaking of improving and and growing with the shift in your role, could you give us a sneak peek into some things we're considering changing about how we support the growth of our employee population? Yeah, I think I could probably peel back the curtain a little bit, but just just for this podcast, because it's such a special audience. (laughs) One of the things that really needs to be renovated is our career development philosophy, which many of you know that has been this mantra of employee-led, manager-supported. And we want to start shifting that notion to more of an equal 50-50 partnership between employee and managers developing great careers at Zillow. One of the biggest reasons there is we want to make sure that we're really applying an equity and belonging lens to this work and all the work that we do. Because specifically, Jess, there may be individuals that aren't sure where to start, maybe uncomfortable opting in 
to career development programs and initiatives, or you know potentially haven't seen someone that comes from their community or looks like them in career development opportunities. And so we're really going to be focused on applying that more of that 50-50 partnership in our career development offerings going forward. So how do we make that change, though, to hold managers accountable for supporting the career development of their employees? Yeah, I think one of the things that dovetails really nicely with this shift in philosophy focus is the implementation last year of our leadership blueprint, where we really talk about that great leaders are talent developers. And managers are now held accountable through the leadership blueprint assessment to determine how well that they are retaining, engaging, and developing members of their team. And their performance is going to be evaluated on on how well they're doing this. That's really great. It's nice to hear that we focus so much, not just on telling people to develop, but also in making sure that we're getting that support to develop. I love that. Yeah, I'm really committed to helping to shift that potential notion that if an employee leaves someone's team via internal mobility, the notion of saying, oh no, how are we going to replace that person to, wow, who's next? That's so great. Yeah, it's hard to lose good talent on a team, but it's also so wonderful to see people succeed and grow. You bet. The manager should really put a feather in their cap, so to speak, as opposed to ruin that they're losing that person. Yeah. So in that kind of excitement vein of being excited for for people and for things that are going on, what are you looking forward to most in this new role? I think a couple of things come to mind for me. One is on the talent management side, one of the things I'm really passionate about is being able to have up-to-date and accurate talent profiles on file, preferably in Workday, for all of our employees. Because I feel like the minute you join Zillow, your resume becomes out of date. And I want to make sure that our employees feel like their talent profile is an accurate representation of themselves, their career development aspirations, and that as a business and a management team, we can use that information to make educated decisions, whether that be about internal mobility, succession planning, or stretch assignments. So there's a lot of really cool work to be done in this space. It's a tall task, but I'm up for it. Yeah. I love to ask everyone this question, and I know you just changed to a new team. Maybe this isn't applicable for the team you moved to yesterday, but looking back on your 2020 team, what are you most proud of your team for? Yeah, I mean, 2020 just threw us so many curveballs and wrenches and, you know, drop pianos on us. That thing that I was most proud of was our better together mantra. And we had the opportunity to combine our internal mobility and referrals programs under one roof. And we did that all through being a distributed workforce. And in some way, shape or form, by everyone having to call into Zoom team meetings, it equaled the playing field and it brought us closer together than I think that we probably could have been if we were all still office-based. And we just grew so much more close-knit as a team through those shared experiences, even though 
there was a lot of crappy stuff happening throughout the world in 2020. We got through it together. You guys really embodied that better together. Yeah, we have that to, to look back fondly on. Well, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate your honesty and your advice as I talk through some of my struggles. And I think that on the notion of better together, I think the work that you're doing just brings that to life even more. And I'm so excited to see what this means for equity in our company and what it means for how we show up to work and our excitement around work and retention and stuff. I I just think the work that you're doing is gonna have such a big impact. So I'm really grateful that you came and shared all of that with us today. Well, thank you, Jess. Thanks for saying all that and uh, for having me today. And I look forward to coming back sometime in the future and sharing a lot of updates in this space. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to that too. 